Good morning, church. All right, let's get this out of the way. By show of hands, how many are going for the Chiefs? Okay. All right, show of hands, how many are going for the 49ers? It's pretty even, okay. And how many of you are just there and hope that they are having good commercials tonight? Okay. All right. Maybe that's most of us, right? All right. Good to see you here this morning. Hope you've had a good weekend so far. We're going to continue on with this series that we started last week, looking at this concept of love. Obviously, we have Valentine's Day this this week, and so uh, this has just seemed like the right time for us to t- uh, touch on this topic uh, was this month. And so I was thinking about this. Don't you just hate it when people use the word hate too much? There's some things, I came across an article talking about things that people, you know, used to hate, but then over time, they gradually got to where they liked these things, maybe even loved these things. And so it wasn't looking for just, you know, random answers that maybe we could all have, like, well, I used to hate this, but now I, now I love this. It was looking at the, trying to tally the most responses. What are the things, the, the things that people most hated that now they love? And so there's an interesting... A set of answers to this. And so uh, I'll take you through a few examples of this. One of these, and, and I, this is not real surprising, I think this is more of an age thing. One of these was coffee. People said, you know, I used to hate coffee, couldn't stand it. Then I got a little bit older, I tried it, I was like, okay, okay. And then before I knew it, I loved it. I was drinking it all the time, I couldn't imagine my life without it. Uh, one that was surprising to me was broccoli. Now, even though I'm probably the pickiest, well, I am the pickiest eater in my house, I am a little strange in that I absolutely like bro- broccoli. Uh, I'm not, not everybody can say that in my house, but I like broccoli. This was one of the answers I kept seeing over and over and over again. People said, I hated this stuff, and now I like it. Uh, another one that was on this was uh, this idea of reading. And I was thinking about this. Mandy told me this one time that she used to be someone who didn't like to read. She hated reading, and now she reads all the time. I often will walk into the bedroom and find that she's fallen asleep holding a book, and and so now she's kind of, uh, you know, developed this love for reading. Now, here's one I think that we can probably all uh, agree with. Maybe this will resonate with you, and I think back to my childhood, and I just want to kick myself and say, what is your, what's your problem? Why did you not latch on to this? You hated it, you hated it, you hated it, and oh, how I wish I could go back to those days because now I see the beauty and the love that we should all have for napping, right? (laughs) Couldn't stand it. We always fought it. No, 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 I don't want to take a nap. And nowadays, it's like, man, I wish I could get one. I just can't. So there's some things that we uh, hate that we grow to like over time. And we have this, this big this big line here where there's on one end we have things that we hate we can't stand and then there's the things that we love and in between there's a whole lot of emotions so we're going to look at this passage in first john three and john is actually going to take us through a progression of this and talk about these things this is going to be dealing primarily not just with things but with relationships with people and so we're going to start in first john chapter three starting in verse 11 if you want to follow along John is going to go through and lay out this progression for us, starting there in verse 11. He says, This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. 
Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did Cain slay him? Because his own deeds were evil, while those of his brother were righteous. So do not be surprised, brother, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. The one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that eternal life does not reside in a murderer. And by this we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone with earthly possession sees his brother in need but withholds his compassion from him, how can the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us love not in word and speech, but in action and truth. I think as Christians, when it comes to our relationships, I think you would agree with me that we should have a higher standard for how we deal with other people than what the world does. We should have a higher standard for the way that we treat our relationships and the way that we interact with others more than what the world does. We should do relationships differently. So I want us to focus on this this morning and talk about this idea that when our, our relationship with God, it should, it must influence our relationships with others. We love people. We treat people the way that we maybe don't think that they deserve. We do this because God has done that for us. Our relationship with him should have some impact on the way that you and I do relationships. And it should look different than the way the world does relationships. We should have an inside track. We should understand that our relationships should look differently. The way that we, t- we treat people should look differently than the way that the world does things. And it's because we are to be reflecting our God. So our relationship with him, it influences our relationship. So he takes us through this progression of things. He starts off with this idea of murder. Now, um... You may not be able to see that. That was supposed to be in white, but that says murder. Um, he uses Cain and Abel as an example. He says, here's an example of someone, and they uh, had this murder in their hearts, and they killed their brother. This is really the lowest form of uh, relationships that you can have. What's the worst thing that you can do? What's the worst way that you can treat another person whom God has created? Well, it's to take their life. It's to, to really play God and say, no, God's not going to determine when, you, when your life is over. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take your life from you. This is the lowest form of relationship that you can have with someone is to murder them. Jesus says, this is, this is kind of Satan's level of relationships. Jesus says that G, the, uh, uh, Satan was a murderer from the beginning. This is who he is. This is his character. So this is the lowest form, and we can look at that and easily dismiss it and say, well, um, but I'm not a murderer, right? I'm not a murderer, Aaron. I would never do that. And I think we can all say, yes, that's true. But I don't think we should, before we pat ourselves on the back, I don't think we should dismiss it that quickly. Because the next thing that he talks about is this idea of hatred. And we might say, well, I've never murdered anyone before, and that might be true, but we need to ask the question, what is it, it's not what you did, but, but what did you want to do? 
Maybe you didn't murder that person. Maybe that would never cross your mind. I, I would never do that. Okay, but what were you thinking? What did you want to do to that person? What is the, maybe the retaliation or the, the plot that you were scheming up in your mind? What did you maybe secretly wish would happen to that person? He says, that's hatred. It's not what you did or what you would do, but what do you want to do? It's interesting that Jesus talks so much about the condition of our hearts and how much our hearts matter. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he'll basically equate this hatred, this anger that we have towards other people with murder. He says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother, Raka, which is a, it's an Aramaic term, basically means empty head. Okay? If you call someone an empty head or an idiot. He says, they're answerable to the court. Anyone who says, you fool, will be in dangers of the fire of hell. So here he's equating hatred with murder. He said, well, just because you haven't committed murder, well, don't go so far. Don't pat yourself on the back. What have you been thinking? What have you been storing up in your hearts, that hatred that you have? He'll do the same thing uh, with lust and adultery. A few verses later, he says, You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So we have this idea of, well, I didn't murder. I would never do that. But maybe you're storing up resentment. Maybe you've bottled up anger and hatred towards another person. And then we move on to this third level, which is indifference. And the first two, murder, hatred, obviously not Christ-like qualities, right? Indifference is a little bit better, but it's, it's not great. It's just better just by a little bit. Uh, indifference is basically saying, I don't really care for that person one way or the other, right? I'm indifferent to it. And I don't hate you, but I don't necessarily love you either. You're just kind of in between for me. I don't really have any feelings, you know, strong feelings one way or the other towards you. And I would say, I don't want to speak for you, but I would say that most of our relationships are probably clumped together in this category. If you think about all the daily interactions you have with people, there's those people maybe that you hate, you don't want to admit it, but maybe you do. And then there's maybe your friends and your family, and we love them. But everybody else, I would say, probably falls right here. Where, I don't love you, I don't hate you, I just, I don't really know what to do with you. And, and, and you don't really matter to me because you're not having an effect on my life positively or negatively. You're just kind of in the middle. And so, we look at this idea of indifference... Most of our relationships fall in this category. Now, if we're to love other people, as John is saying here, not just our brothers, but if we're to love those around us, then we obviously have to move from this indifference that we might have towards someone and kind of take some steps to love them, to look at their needs, as he says here, and to meet those needs. Paul says something similar in Galatians chapter 6. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to the family of faith. And so it's not enough for, for us to simply say, well, I don't hate this person. Well, okay, but you're indifferent towards them also. And you see that they have a need or you see perhaps that they need love 
And so we, it's not enough for us just to sit back and be indifferent. We have to take that next step and say, here's someone who needs a need met, or here's someone who could use some love in their life. And so now we have to make that step, that transition, and to be able to do those things for them and serve them. And so for us to do that, for us to help others, for, else, for us to serve other people, well, first of all, we have to have the means to help, Right? I have to have something that I can offer towards that person. If I don't have the means to help that person, then I'm not going to be able to do so. So I have to have the means to help. We also have to understand and know what that need is that they have. Maybe it's not real obvious at first glance. Maybe they need to express, hey, here's what I really, really need in my life. They need to express that need. I would point out also, I think that's a good thing for us to be reminded of in the church. Sometimes we can't help each other unless we know what it is that's going on in each other's lives. If I don't tell you what I need, if I don't tell you what problems or issues or things that you can pray about, if I don't tell you what those things are, well, then I can't expect you to help me. And you can expect people to help you if you're not going to tell them, hey, I need help with this or I need prayers for this. I need some support. I need some encouragement. I think that's the thing that we need to be reminded of in the church as well. We need to be able to express these things to each other because we can't meet each other's needs if we don't know what they are. And the other thing, not only do we have to have the means to help, not only do we have to know what it is that they need, we also have to have that follow-through. Being able to move from indifference to maybe, just maybe, in some small way, show that person love. Even if it's just a small amount. And so this is, what the, this is the fourth area that he talks about is this idea of love. And so we move from murder, hatred, indifference. Now we're up to the highest level that he talks about in verse 18, which is love. We show them, maybe in some small way, maybe we just smile at them. Maybe we just wish them a good day. Maybe we open the door for them. Maybe, maybe it's a little bit bigger than that. It's more of a grand gesture. But we do these things and show people love. We show them, despite who they are, they matter to God. And so therefore they matter to us. And we're going to show them as best we can a little bit of love. And of course, we're doing this, we realize this, because... We have been recipients, we've been beneficiaries of that love. We know what that's like. We know that we have been loved by God. We can go back and we look at what Jesus has done, how he would go to the cross and die for our sins and be buried and be raised. We know what love looks like. We know that standard of love. And our relationship with God, it should influence our relationships with others. And so we're trying to make this jump from indifference to love, but we also know and understand that there's a big difference from saying that we love someone and actually doing it. That's what he says there. He says, let's, let's love in actions, right? Reminds me of James chapter 2. James will say, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food, and if one of you tells him, go in peace, stay warm and well-fed, but does not provide for their physical needs, what good is that. And so we need to not just say it. We need not to say, oh yeah, love's a good thing and we need to spread it around as much as possible. There's a lot of people out there in the world that need a lot of love. It's good. Good recognition. But we need to move beyond that 
and to actually put these things into action. Let's not just say it, but let's prove it by our loving actions. And so when we look at these, and uh, we can go back and see all these steps, and again, we have hatred, we have murder, we have hatred, we have indifference, and we have love. This is kind of the progression of the way that we treat others in the world, our relationships. And I know uh, we looked at that first one, murder, and we say, well, right off the bat, we want to dismiss that and say, well, that's not us. That's not me. I would never murder. Uh, I, was, I saw something that was interesting. Um, there was an article or a research documentary. I don't remember where it was, the source that I saw of. I watch a lot of uh, true crime stuff, and it just kind of gets jumbled in my head. If it was an article or a show I watched and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hard keeping that straight. It was interviewing, they were interviewing different murderers. And they went through and they talked to all these murderers and interviewed them. And what, what caused you to do this? What made you do this for the first time? And what was it like? And it was interesting to me how many of them repeated the same thing. Almost word for word. They would say... I never thought that I was capable of doing something like this. They all said that. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would be capable of taking another person's life. And yet here this person was sitting in a prison. So hatred is this next step. And sometimes it's not just the physical act. Maybe we're not murdering people, right? But we are harboring that hate. We're holding it in our hearts. And there's been all kinds of studies on this in uh, psychology, psychiatrists, they'll, they'll tell you, even if you hold on to these things, even if you hate somebody in your heart, basically, you may not be killing them, which is the, the worst you could do, you may not be killing them, but in a way, you are killing yourself. Because there's a lot of physical and emotional and even spiritual effects that harboring hate, what that does to you and your body and your life. And so we need to understand, okay, great job. You're not murdering anyone. That's great. I, don't, I hope nobody here ever commits a murder. And you probably say, well, I don't plan on it, right? But are you harboring hate? Are you holding hate in your heart? And then we go and we look at indifference. And we say, well, I don't hate people. I don't want to murder them, but I don't really love them either. And yet we see people around us who... We kind of turn a blind eye to, we see that maybe they're in need, and we go, oh, I don't really, somebody else will help them. We kind of turn our backs to them, we look the other way, and we just think, oh, someone will take care of them, it's not my place. And and we, we have to be people who can look at a need, look at a person in this world, and say, this person needs love. And it may just be a small act, you may not be able to do much at that moment, but we can look at that person and say, they need this love in their life. They need someone to care for them. They need someone to, to show that they matter. And so you can do whatever, you can, whatever it is to move from that, I don't care about you, you don't mean anything to me because I don't know who you are, to move from that and say, you know what, I'm going to show you love. Even though I don't know you, even though we don't have prior history or relationship, I'm going to show you love because that's what Jesus would want me to do in this situation. So for us... What does that mean? We need to move from hatred and indifference to love, to be people who don't spend our time hating others and being indifferent towards others, that we need to be people who are looking for opportunities uh, to love. Another thing that we need to do is to see others the way Jesus sees them. And we can ask the question, if you were in that situation with that person, 
And you have an opportunity to love them or not. You have an opportunity to serve them or not. Would, you, would your actions be a little different if Jesus were there with you at that moment? And you go, well, yeah, right? If, if I have an opportunity and I know that person needs help uh, and, and I can serve them in some small way, maybe you're thinking, I don't know if I want to, but if Jesus were there, you'd say, well, yeah, yeah, I'd want to go do that, right? And you know where I'm going with this. The point is, Jesus is already there. Jesus is always with you. He's always watching. Jesus says, whatever you did for that person, you did for me. And whatever you didn't do for that person, you didn't do for me. Jesus is already watching. Jesus is already in your presence. And so we need to be doing the things that he would do. To look at people, to have that compassion. We see this trait over and over again in his ministry. He looks at people who have no clue what they're doing. They're, they're wandering around like scattered sheep he says he has compassion on them we need to see people the way that jesus sees people here's a here's a little bit more practical and also difficult thing if you are holding a grudge against somebody if you do have something that maybe you haven't forgiven each other over or you have this reason in your mind or in your heart why you've held a grudge against someone or you don't like them for whatever reason or maybe it's stronger than that. Maybe it is you truly do hate them. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you to do something about that this week. That doesn't mean that the relationship's going to be fully restored by Friday. That's not what I mean. But take that first step. If you are holding a grudge, it's hurting you just as much as it's hurting that relationship. You may not, you may not want to kill that person. Maybe you hate them, but you don't want to kill them. But yet you're killing yourself. Because you're holding this hate in. I'm going to challenge you to reach out to that person you're holding a grudge against and try to, to bridge and, and reconcile that relationship. Our relationship with God ultimately should influence our relationships with others. We love some people. We maybe, we don't want to admit it, but maybe we hate others. And there's a whole mix of emotions in between. And we need to be people who look to our relationship with God and let it have an impact on how we do life with other people in this world, that our relationship with him should influence our relationship with them, that we love God first and foremost, but that we also love others. And so I want to challenge us this week to be people who lead with love. We're going to offer an invitation if perhaps you have been studying and you've been going through the Bible and you realize I need to start this process with Jesus. I need to start this faith walk with him. I need to be baptized this morning. Yes, I want to accept this love. Uh, we're here to help you with that. But I also know that there's many people here who maybe you've taken that step already. Uh, you've been baptized and you say, oh yeah, I was baptized, you know, back in 76 at church camp, right? It doesn't apply to you. That was, you've done that. You've, you've checked that off the list. But maybe there's somebody here this morning and you realize, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to forgive a person in my life. Maybe you don't want to say that you hate them, but you're holding that grudge, you're holding that bitterness inside. Or maybe you need some, some help in loving other people better. Maybe you just need to be someone who is a more compassionate individual and you're trying to, to work that into your life and be a better person and love people the way that Jesus would. We're here to help you with that. We're here to, to pray for you and support you. 
Uh, we're, we're just doing life together. None of us are perfect. None of us get this right every single time. We all struggle with these things and we all need help. And I just want to remind you that we are here to help you with that if you do have a need. So if there's anything that this church family can help you with this morning, please come forward and tell me about it while together we stand and sing.